0: You're listening to the Church 2911 Sermons podcast. You can follow along with the notes for this message and get better connected with our church by visiting church2911.com/connect. Now, here's Pastor Rick or another member of our team with this week's message. Okay, so best ever. What's this sermon series about? What's best ever all about? What do we mean? And before we can get to uh, today's sermon title, let's just talk about the best ever. Okay? Be, what, what are we talking about with best ever? You know, you and I, in all of God's creation, you and I are unique. Remember? Because God said He created us in His image. We're unique in that way. We're intricately designed. If you, if you ask a doctor or a medical person or just look at it yourself and just look at, look at how, how intricately designed we are. We're not one-celled amoebas, you know, that's, that there's very, you know, very little to know about us. There's so much about us. And because of that, we also need some very specific things in our life. You know, you, you, can, you can exist on bread and water. Right, you can exist on bread and water, and if you want to, go ahead. But like Brent said a couple weeks ago when he preached, paraphrase it just a little bit. But like he said, you know, if you just want to exist, you're in the wrong room this morning. You're in the wrong place because this sermon series and this church is not about getting by. Listen, I've got I've got two kids. They're married, so I've got a son-in-law and a daughter-in-law. I've now got five grandkids. I've got, as I said in First Service, I got a surrogate. Daughter also, Jamie, who's She was sitting right there by Kyle. She's not there right now, but she's. You know, I've got, I've got them also, and that baby. Also. I've got all these. Listen, just getting by is not enough for me. I'm not, I'm not looking to get by. I'm, not looking, I'm looking for best ever. I want best marriages ever. I want best careers ever. I want best kids ever. I want best futures ever. I want best blessings ever. I want everything God has for every one of my family. That, that's, that's what I want. That's what best ever is all about. And in this, there's some things that, I, that I've got to have. I've got to have in my life to get to that best ever. If you want, be, if you want best ever, Then it's going to take some things. Like 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 last week, I was I was thinking, uh, just. During the worship over here, I just got to thinking about the sermon again this morning, and I, and I thought of something I didn't even say in the first service because I didn't even think about this. But you know, it's kind of like it's kind of like in, in January. We, we were kind of preparing and preparing and preparing. You know, that's what it was. We spent three weeks getting ready for that sermon last week, and so many great things happened during during the prayer time and 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 what God was doing in people's lives. And, and it's like we, we we prepared and prepared and prepared, and we finally got there. And man, we just we were just mining. We were just just digging up stuff, and God was giving us things last week. And so you know what? It's like today, again, it's time to pack up again. It's time to get ready again. It's time to to, to start digging out the tools and getting ready because, man, we got something else. That wasn't the end of it. That wasn't wasn't even the best ever. There's still something best ever that's that's coming. So make up your mind. You want to settle or you want the best ever? Because today's sermon, like last week, they kind of each built on each other. It's almost like we were building a house level by level. But it's like today, is, it's a little different. This sermon today is very important to the whole rest of the sermon series, but, but not in a way where it's building that way, but that everything is going to really begin right here still, okay? What you, and I, and I want to say that because I kind of think that when I, when I tell you what the sermon title is or the theme is, you're not going to be blown away like, oh, yeah, that's going to be good. I, I, th- I think you're going to say, oh, really? Is that all? I, I, I don't know that you're going to really jump in there with me and say that this is good yet. So I want you to understand we're packing again. We're getting our tools ready again. We're getting ready to go somewhere somewhere that, that, that we're going to be mining some good stuff and best ever, whatever it is you want best ever. And we're going to begin right here, okay? And here's the sermon this morning. It's best connections ever. The best connection. Okay, and, and that may not be the most exciting, but... but but bear with me for just a minute. Hang in here with me and see if I can, see if I can get you to understand just a few things, okay? So we're going to talk about the best connections ever. You and I, okay, as I said, we're intricately designed. There are some things that we've got to have if we're going to have best, best ever. We may be able to exist or just get by or to settle for, for, for less, but there are some things we've got. If we're going to have best ever, Okay, but if you want best ever, you want a best ever marriage, raise best ever kids, have best ever grandkids, have a best ever career, a best ever future, you want some of those things, then you're going to have to have these things. And here's the, here's the first one right here is connections. You and I, we need, as human beings, the creatures that we are, we need a multiplicity of connections. Okay, let me ask you a question. How many of you have used the word multiplicity so far this year? Anybody? Anybody, I mean, that's not a word that you use a whole lot, right? You know, and I, I kind of thought about that. I thought, man, that's not a word we use. But for some reason, I, I just couldn't take it out of there. You know, I could have just thrown up the word lots, right? We need lots of connections. I could have just thrown that word up there. You and I would have kind of gotten it. But when you say lots, you know what that tells me? That just kind of speaks like we need a, a big number of them. You know, it's like just a whole bunch. Just go find a bunch of them. But when you say multiplicity, to me, what, what that's speaking of, is saying we don't just need a bunch of them. We don't just need a number of them. We need specific. There, there are some specifics of, 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 the, of the diversities of the connections that you and I need, that we need a multiplicity of connections. And that's what I need to talk to you about this morning. If you're going to have best ever, it needs to start with your connections, okay? So want we'll to talk about that. So here's the first one. We're talking about the different directions of those things. Here's the first ones. We need connections. We need to connect up. We need to connect up to people who are older than us. We need to connect up to people who are more experienced than us. We need to connect to, up to uh, uh, people like that for questions, for wisdom, and even accountability. How many of you love accountability? You'd love to be accountable to other people. Really? Not very many people do, right? I mean, I, I don't think I had a hand raised in the first service. I had three go up right there. You know, we don't like accountability, most of us, but we need it. Think about two-year-olds. How many two-year-olds do you know that love accountability? But they need it. You know we need accountability. So, so if you're going to get to best ever, you got to you got to not do what you want. You got to do what you need. You got to deal with that. And we and we need those up connections. You know, it's like, so I've got guys in the church. You know, here that that you know like not not just not just spiritual mentors. I've got, I mean I've got guys in the church that are that are uh, you know repaired, You know, a do-it-yourself kind of guy mentors. Sometimes I call Jeff and he answers the phone. I said, hey, is this is this an electrician, you know, or uh, or, or Tim? I called Tim and say, "Hey, is this a mechanic, you know?" And I got a question for him, or you know, uh, or G- or Jerry as well. I, one one day, I called Cliff. Cliff walked me through an entire. I installed a new light and and a and a switch, but I had to come off of a three-way and I had to pull a, a hot off of a three-way. You know, and, and what I'm telling you right now, I'm telling you everything I know about electricity just by saying those words right there, okay? And Cliff walked me through it on a telephone. I couldn't for my life do it again, okay, without him being on the phone with But he walked me through that right there. That's what, that's what we need. Think about that spiritually, having those kinds of connections of people that can pour into your life that way. Okay, here's some examples. Here's a great example in in, in the Bible is is how John Mark had connected. Okay, let let me tell you a little bit of a story right here about Paul and and Barnabas and John Mark. They were going around, they were preaching, they were establishing churches, Paul and Barnabas, and and John Mark was, he was kind of like a, he was kind of like, you know, one that they were tutoring, they were bringing along behind them. And, And one day, we, we don't we don't know why, but one day John Mark just, he bails on him. He just goes home. He, he goes back home. We don't know what happened. Uh, it doesn't say in the Bible if he had an emergency at home or if he just got tired or or he um, got homesick or, or maybe even had an argument with Paul or Barnabas or somebody in one of the churches. We don't know why, but he bailed on him. Okay, and so he bails on him. Paul and Barnabas, they continue their journey. And, and uh, then when they are going to launch out again sometime later, Barnabas says, let's take John Mark with us again. Well, now Paul is saying, no, I'm not going to do that. And here uh, in Acts chapter 15, verse 39, it says Barnabas took John Mark with him and sailed for Cyprus. Right before this, right before that verse right there, what we hear is we find out that Paul and Barnabas split up. And so Paul does, uh, Barnabas does take John Mark, but he takes him by himself, and Paul goes in a different direction. So kind of, in, in my mind, I'm thinking that you know whatever this reason was that John Mark bailed on them might have had something to do with his relationship with Paul, because Paul now Paul can't trust him. You know, if Paul's like I, I I can't trust you anymore, and I, and I can't I can't like I can't put my confidence in you enough to know that you're going to stick with us this time either. But Barnabas saw something in John Mark that he was not yet willing to throw away. I don't, don't know what it was, but I guarantee you it's partly because there was a connection between John Mark up to Barnabas. This, and this connection was what made Barnabas say, I'm going to invest in this young man. And here's the cool thing about it: is, is Then we find near the end of Paul's ministry in life, in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 11, Paul is writing and he tells Timothy, Bring Mark with you when you come, for he will be helpful to me in my ministry. That because John Mark had connected up to Barnabas, not only had he had the opportunity to go back into ministry, but he also got reconciled back to, back to Paul because, because he made the connection up. Now, let, 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 me, let me, sorry, I tapped I tap the button and muted it. Let me draw it out for you this way just a little bit also. Imagine, okay, let me say that you need to meet everybody in this room. You need to make connection with everybody in this room. Because you know what? One day you might be out of a job and need to, need to find a job, and somebody in this room may know of a job. Or they may be the person that could give you a reference to get the job because they know of a job somewhere or something. So you need to connect with everybody in this room for that reason. Okay, that would be a, a good reason to connect with lots of people, right? Think about that spiritually and in the spirit realm as well. You need to connect with people because somewhere down the road you're gonna maybe you're gonna need prayer. Maybe you're gonna need to call up, you know, instead of maybe instead of instead of dial a mechanic or dial an electrician, you're, you're going to need to call up dial a prayer to somebody in the church. And you can't do that if you haven't established the connection. That's why we need to keep reaching up. Okay, I, I don't have time to preach because this is really supposed to just be the setup, so let me hurry on. The next one is we need to connect across to those who are in similar places in life as us, like, like uh, you know, um, maybe our age, people who are about the same age as us, people who became Christians about the same time as us, people maybe you just had kids and so you connect with other people who just had kids or you just got married, or you just retired, and you connect with those people. We need to do that for challenge, encouragement, and sometimes just to do life together. I mean, we need to be able to do life together with other Christians, and so we need to connect, be connecting across. Uh, okay, here again, Paul is a good example in Galatians chapter one. Paul connects across, and and I, and I think Paul's a great example here because a lot of times when you read the Bible. You kind of get this idea that Paul's like a a Lone Ranger, a Lone Wolf. You know, he's a rebel, and uh, you know he's not listening to anybody else. Doesn't need anybody else, kind of a thing. And that's what a lot of people believe, right? I don't need any. That's one of the greatest lies of our generation, our culture today. Is I don't need nobody. That we, I don't need anybody. I can figure it out on my own. I don't need anybody telling me what to do or where to go or any of those. I don't need nobody. I can do it. I, I, I've got it handled and all those things. And you need to rebuke that lie in yourself. Because, and, and Paul is a great example because he looked like he didn't, he didn't need anybody else. But Galatians chapter 1, Paul tells us three years later, I went to Jerusalem to get to know a Peter, and I stayed with him for 15 days. The only other apostle I met at that time was James, the Lord's brother. And What did he do? He went to, and he went to, to meet, meet Peter. And, you know, what as we read other scriptures about Peter and, and, and Paul getting to know one another, we find that sometimes, you know, they had disagreements. They even argued about scripture and about, you know, about what God means about this and what Jesus meant about some of the things he said. And they argued back and forth because they were hammering things out, you know, and they were reaching across to one another. But then we also find, that's what it said, they were challenging one another. That's one of the reasons that we need to connect across like that. And, and then there were times that, that Peter stood up for Paul and spoke for him. It, okay, so he encouraged him. But then the, the scripture right there says he went to Jerusalem to get to know Peter and stay with him. 15, they just did life together for 15 days so they could get to know one another. So there's, there's your scripture for the basis of this. is that We need to connect up and across. So if we need, we need to connect up, we need to connect across. What's the other direction we need to connect? down. We need to connect down. Okay, and I, I don't really like the terms up, down, up too much, you know, because it sounds like somebody's better. And that's not, it's not about that. It's more about things like just sometimes chronology and time and those kinds of things, experience. We need to connect down to the younger or the less experienced or the unreached. For challenge, growth, and fulfillment. I, I'm, I'm going to dig into this at the end of the message a little bit more. So I'm going to hurry right here and just say, look, Paul connected with Timothy, Titus, and John Mark that we know of. These were three guys that he was pouring into that he was, he was establishing churches and then setting them up as pastors over, them, over these churches. So when he left, they would have a pastor. And so we need to be connecting up, across, and down. Now let me say something before I get into uh, uh, sharing you know, what happens when we don't do that. Let me, let me give you a statement right here. Go ahead, Kevin, to this next slide. It is unhealthy to not seek new connections. Stop there with me. Pause just a moment. Put a comma there or something, okay? Stop with me. It is unhealthy to not seek new connections. And, and, and sometimes we think, well, I've got all the friends in my life that I need. It is unhealthy for you to believe that. And to say that you don't need a new connection in your life. It's also unhealthy to limit our connections to what is comfortable, easy, or already established. It is unhealthy for you to restrict your connections to what is easy and comfortable. But that's what we want to do, right? We want to just connect where it's easy. We want to just connect with those that we're comfortable with. Uh, Friday night at the wedding rehearsal, uh, you know, afterwards we had, the, we had the, the dinner. Normally there's a meal after the rehearsal, you know, and everybody sits together and gets to know one another. And when you go to those, I, you know, I've been to a lot of those. We've, we, we've had 16 weddings in our church in the last two and a half years. So I've been to quite a few of those, you know. And you go into those and sometimes, you know, you kind of know pretty much everybody in the room. Sometimes you go in and all you know is the bride or the groom. And sometimes you only know one of them and you just got asked because they, they didn't know anybody else. And so you go in there and you're kind of like, oh, you know, who, in, who am I going to sit by and who am I going to have to converse with? But you know, you know what I've found is going in, sometimes it's not easy, sometimes it's not comfortable. But you know what I've found? I've, found I've, been, I've always been able to make conversation and feel like when I walked away from that table that may, maybe I'll never see those people. But I made some connection right there. And if you if you don't do that, it, it's unhealthy for you to to not make connections that sometimes are uncomfortable, sometimes are a little difficult, sometimes are. It, it's unhealthy for us to only do what is easy in our life. Anything worth having is worth working for. Any connection worth having, any relationship worth having, is worth working for and working on. And so. If, you, if, if you're in your little circle and you've already got all the friends you think you need, I'm telling you, you may not be yet, but you're going to end up being unhealthy. Okay? And I, and I, want, to, I want to show you some of those ways. Give me, give me the next slide right here. Let me, let me explain it to you right here. When only exposed to the same people and situations over and over, old ideas are never challenged. Listen, there have been so many things, so many times in, in, in my ministry life, that if, if God hadn't connected me with some other minister, in, maybe from some different place. You know, we, we've been to Chicago, Little Rock, Dallas, Fort Worth. I mean, that's places that we've lived, that we've ministered, outside the state of Alabama. And a lot of times, you know what I think? I think, I think God could have spent a lot of time bringing, bringing lots of people around to meet me, but I think instead what he did is he took me out to places like that where I'd meet a lot of people. And you know what I've, I've found? Is i found those people challenged me. They challenged, they challenged some of the old wisdom that was in me. And if I, if I never got out of my circles of just my few little friends, my old wisdom would have never been challenged. And the things that I thought and, and the things that I misunderstood would have never been challenged for me to dig into the Bible myself and for us to you know, kind of bang this out and beat our heads against the wall and kind of a thing to, to figure out what it is. Oh, if you are only in your one little circle, let, let me throw out, and, and it's, maybe it's, some of you may think it's a little crass to say it this way. But you ever heard of inbreeding? You know what inbreeding is? I mean, the old joke about us down here in the south is you know, our our family trees only have one branch, right? You know, inbreeding. You know what happens with inbreeding? Let me tell you what happens spiritually with inbreeding. Old wisdom is never challenged. What, What you know, you know, and that's all you'll ever know because there's never any new blood coming in. And so then what happens to that? New wisdom is often a distortion of old ideas. You know, I, I can't tell I've had people, you know, that, that are really, they're, they're in their little tight little place where they've already got it all figured out, but sometimes they'll get some new wisdom, and the new wisdom really, they come to me, they'll tell me something. And really it's not new wisdom. It's just an old wisdom, just changed a little bit. And a lot of times it's not even as good as the old wisdom was. They've just found a little, and, and, and it's not really new. And then creativity becomes predictable. That's an oxymoron, isn't it? Predictable Creativity. You know, because that's what happens when you don't ever extend yourself out of your circle that you're already in. When, when you don't, not, not just, I started to say allow yourself, but that's not strong enough. When you don't aggressively seek to make connections outside of your comfort zone and your circle of friends, you're going you're gonna to become this. This is what's going to happen to you. It's going to happen. And so don't let that happen. So let, 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 let me nail down a little bit more of what happens to us. When we don't connect in those three ways. Okay, first of all, what happens when we don't connect up? When we don't connect up, those are the people who are most likely to become confused, grow tired, feel frustrated, et cetera. If we don't connect up, we will begin to get confused. Because when we connect up, we're connecting to people who have more experience. You know, I got confused trying to trying to, you know, put in that. Putting that uh, light switch because I was trying to figure out how do I, how do I find the hot and you know and all that. It got, I got confused with that, but I but I knew somebody, and he, he kept me from being confused. He he, he helped me. Uh, he helped me not be confused. When I got on the phone with him, I was able to get it done, and there it was, and I, I was so proud of myself. I had to go brag on, da- brag on myself to David because she wasn't standing there watching me, you know, and she just wanted to make sure the house wasn't burning down, you know, that kind of thing, but I, I, ha- I had to brag on myself because I did it, I did it, but I did it because I had somebody. You know, I was reaching up to someone who had more experience than I had. Okay, so here, so here. if you don't reach up, you're going to miss some things. Here are five, five up areas that we, need, that we need help, five, five up needs that we have in our life. And, and listen, some of these you've heard before, there's a, but there's an old joke, and I won't tell you the old joke, but it, it, it basically here's, here's the punch line. As you may think, well, Pastor, you're saying the same thing over and over and over. And I'll tell you this, when you get this, we'll go on to something else. Okay? All right, because all of you don't have mentors yet, and that's the first up need you need to have in your life. I've got five mentors in my life. I've got five mentors in my life. And I'm talking about, when we talk about mentors, I'm not talking about your spouse. Your spouse can't be your mentor, okay? All right? But I've got five mentors in my life, people that I, I reach up. And when I reach up to them, you know, when they tell me, because they'll tell me when I'm, when I'm off a little bit. So when they tell me, no, Rick, you're, you're on good ground there. You know, you've got some, yeah, you're, you're going in the right direction. When they tell me that, I'm I'm no I'm not confused anymore. I feel okay. I got some confidence now that I was heading in the right direction because someone who has more experience than me has poured this in and said this into me. So I'm not confused anymore. I'm I'm a, I've got a breath of fresh air, fresh wind. You know, ready to go again. I'm not, I'm not tired anymore. I'm not frustrated anymore because I've got somebody to reach up to. But let me tell you this about my mentors. None of them rang the doorbell at my house and said, "Can I be your mentor?" I had to go find them. I prayed, God, show me some men to be mentors. And, you know, for a long time I had one or two, and and God and I started praying, and God blessed me with more. And now I've got people that I reach to. You know, if I've got this need or this question or this, I'll call this guy. If I've got a different one, I'll call this guy. And, like that. and God has blessed me with that. So you need to be praying and asking God for that. I've got to hurry. Here's the second one, is we all need at least one that stupid friend. Y'all know what those are? You know what that is? Okay, let me, let me tell you, just for those who don't know yet, I, I like how Jeff kind of says this in a little different way. He said, you know, if, if something like this, is if your friends always tell you what you want to hear, then you need a different set of friends. Now, and here's, here's, here's what I'm talking about with this, is you need someone in your life that you have given the, the you've not just opened the door, you have, and you've not just invited them, you want them to, to look you in the, in the face sometimes and tell you, that's stupid. Everyone, we need something, and it needs to be somebody besides your spouse, because your spouse is already telling you what's stupid in your life, right? Okay, so you need somebody else besides your spouse who, that you have given the privilege, and you tell them, you want them to look you in the eye and say, that's stupid. We all need somebody like that. We need to reach up like that, okay? Uh, the third thing is... Uh, to hear challenging sermons on a very regular basis. Listen, if I'm not challenging you, then you need to go find another preacher. You you need to hear encouraging sermons, okay? But you need to hear challenging sermons too. You need to hear sermons that step on your toes. You need to hear sermons that tell you if you don't do this, this isn't going to happen. You need to hear sermons that tell you if you want to reap this harvest, this benefit, then you're going to have to plant and sow and dig and work here. You need to hear challenging sermons on a regular basis. That's one of your five up needs, okay? So you need to always, we don't just do church on Sunday because we got two hours to kill, okay? we do this because we need that challenge. And we need discipleship small groups. Some of you, you might really connect with those fellowship small groups. That's great. But we also need the discipleship small groups. Okay? You need, and and if you've only connected with a fellowship small group ever, I I dare you to to challenge yourself to get into a discipleship style small group, one that's going a little deeper, okay? We need those because that's reaching up. And then fifthly, we need to connect with people who can pray with over and for us. Last week when you guys really opened yourself up, some of you did, and you came forward, and I've heard over and over and over again of the things that have happened in the prayer time last week because you connected with the prayer team. These are people who have been connecting with God all week. Connect yourself with them so they can pray with you, okay? Whether it's a prayer team or other people in your, in your life, and you'll find those in prayer, sometimes in small groups as well, okay? So you, we need those people. Those are your five up needs. And if you don't have those in your life, you know what's gonna happen to you? You're gonna start getting confused in some area of your life. You're gonna grow tired. You're going to get frustrated. Those kinds of things are going to start happening spiritually to you because you are not connecting up to a source that is pouring into you. Okay, so we, that's what happens when we don't connect up. What happens when we don't connect across? You know what happens when we don't connect across? Those who don't connect across are are prone to be lonely even in a crowd. How does that happen? Happens all the time. You know. I, you read the stories, right? People that commit suicide and nobody knows. What in the world? They were, they were the life of the party. They seemed to have everything going for them. They were doing things for other people and all that, but they weren't connecting across. Let me, let me show you how this happens in a, in a church a lot of times. It's like, it's like people who, who, you know, you come in at the last moment, maybe you hurry out the door right as soon as it's all over. You don't really connect with anybody else. The only person you're connecting with is pastor and the sermon, maybe the worship team, you know, and the songs. And you're connecting there, so you're connecting up, but you're not connecting across. And so you don't have any friends. You're not connected in any way. You don't have, you're lonely in this room, in this room of all these people who love you and want to be there for you, want to have a relationship with you, you're still lonely because your only connection is up. Or even or you, 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 know, you may connect with the kids. You may be working with the kids or, or adults and you're working with the teens, but if you're not connecting with people your age or in your same stage of life or something, you're sitting right here in a room full of people and you're lonely, you know, That's why we also need fellowship small groups, you know, because that's where you can meet somebody like yourself in in the same stage of life that you're in, dealing with the same stuff that you're dealing with. And then then here's what happens. You know, and I I would say this is the, to me, this would be the easiest one. Why don't, but why don't we connect? And we still don't connect with people like us a lot of times. We connect just with the pastor. Or maybe we connect with those kids in the nursery or or church, kids church that we want to that we want to minister to, and we still don't connect across. And this is the easiest one, and we still don't do it. And th- Today, you, n- you need to strongly consider joining a small group for fellowship if for no other reason, if for no other reason than just to connect across. And th- here's what happens when we don't connect down. And this one, I think this one's going to surprise you. is Those who don't connect down aren't truly growing. See, because what, here's what I think we believe. We believe that the more we read the Bible, the more we grow. You stick your nose in the Bible all day long, all week long, and you won't grow a bit. Because you can't just grow just by reading and taking in. You can't, you, I, I mean, what, what happens, what happens to a physical body that all it does is eat? Come on. Well, you're growing, but you're not growing the way you want to grow, are you? You know, it's the same way spiritually. When, when you are only, even if you're connecting up and connecting across, but you're not connecting down. You will never grow. Let let me show it to you this way. Next slide for me, Kevin. Here's the explanation. We become stagnant. When all you do is receive and you receive and receive and receive and you don't ever give out, you will become like the, the Dead Sea. You know about the Dead Sea? It has no outlet, so everything flows into it. It doesn't have anything going out. And so now it's called the Dead Sea because nothing can live in it. You'll become stagnant. You'll die. Without the challenge of helping someone else, we can begin to think we've already learned all we need to know. Man, I see that happening all the time. If, if, you're not, if you're not reaching out, but you're reaching down and helping somebody else, you think, you, a lot of times you'll get to the place where you think you know everything. Uh, you know, the people that challenge me to grow most of the time are the people that don't know as much as I do. I get a text or a Facebook message from somebody and they say, hey, explain something to me. And you know what? I could spout something real quick and say, well, here's, here's exactly what. But you know what? I, I, I have to explain it to them. You know, and I, I've gotten here to this understanding over years and years and years, and now I've got to figure out how can I say this and package this. You know what it makes me? It makes me dig, and it makes me explain it to them where they can understand it. And I grow as a result of having to do that. The, 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 the digging into somebody else and helping somebody else is the thing that helps me grow. Gaining knowledge and possessing wisdom is good, but with no place outside our own life to sow and invest, with no place outside our own life to practice what we have learned and what we have received with no place outside our own life to challenge ourselves, we will not continue growing. It's why we need ministry and serving opportunities on a regular basis. It's why you need to constantly be digging down and pouring into somebody else. You need connection up and down to grow. If you're you're only connecting down, you're going to get worn out if you don't keep connecting up. But if you're only connecting up, then, then you're not gonna grow because all, all you're doing is you're getting puffed up. Think about, think about it this way. When a seed begins to grow, which direction does it go first? It goes down. And you think about, you know, we, we don't even think about the roots. I mean, if you see a tree, you're not, you're, not, you're not thinking about the roots, are you? Unless you gotta dig it up, then you kinda think about it, right? And you know, the strongest of all trees, those strongest of all plants out there, they have huge root systems. That have taken years and years and years. And that's why they're so strong. But the weakest of all plants, something like, like, like a corn stalk, shoots up almost overnight, but almost no root. One little wind and it's blown over because there's no root, because it didn't reach down. And I know you say, yeah, but that's reaching down for your own sake, isn't it? Yeah. Like when you're reaching down to someone else, it's for your own sake. It's not just for them. Because you start growing when you reach down into that as well. And I said something a couple of weeks ago. I, I, I want to revisit that also. A couple of weeks ago, in the, uh, I think about three weeks ago in that um, in, in that firstborn sermon series, because what we're talking about right here is firstborn, okay? This reaching down, firstborn isn't over. Okay, we got to do that the rest of the year, remember? And this is about firstborn. This reaching down is about firstborn. I have responsibility. And it's when we understood that responsibility, that's where we got to last week. Now we're going to keep going there. We're going to keep digging, okay? And so I've got this responsibility, this 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 firstborn responsibility that, that God has called us to, that we have to embrace, that we have to, we have to keep stirring up inside of us. Something I said about three weeks ago on that. There is no retirement age for a Christian. You don't ever retire as a Christian until you die. When you die, you've retired. And until then, everyone has something awesome to do for Jesus. It doesn't matter how old you are, there is somebody obviously younger than you that needs to hear what God has put inside of you, that needs to feel or experience or, or be a part of what God has led you to do. You never get to a place that you say, I'm done. Let somebody, oh, some people do it, but not in God's will. And if you just want to get by, yeah, do that. But if you want best ever, you keep embracing the firstborn responsibility you have. And, and, and the other end of the spectrum is this. See, I think, I think some people use the, use the excuse of, well, I've done it a long time, and I'm old. Nobody wants to hear me anymore. But the other end of the spectrum is this. Well, I'm young, and I don't know very much, so I can't. No, listen. Whatever you've got, there is someone who, who needs to hear what you've got. There's someone who knows less than you know. There's someone who's been a Christian for a shorter time than you have been. There, you know, it, it, may, it may just be something about you've, you've got kids, and they're just now having kids. But you have something, so it doesn't matter, everyone has something awesome to do for Jesus. So what we're talking about right here, reaching down is kind of like discipleship, right? Listen to this, you cannot disciple without connecting to people, you can't do it. Discipleship will not happen outside of connection. You have to connect with people. So if you wanna be healthy, if you want best ever, if you want whatever the best ever you want in your life, marriage, kids, Future, all those things. You want best ever? You got to start connecting up, across, and down. You've been listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. If you have a prayer need, our prayer team and staff would love to pray with you. You can send us your prayer request by using the email address prayer at church2911.com. If you would like to know more about our church, including information about our weekly services, please check out church2911.com. Thank you for listening. We hope you know that God has an amazing dream for you. And as always, we dare you to dream.